Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We always talk about getting things a little bit more united. But is it better to be divided when it comes to oversight and government? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, beyond the headlines, we do like to talk about being united. That is an important thing. Really interesting, when President Trump was in office, Congress was divided, and investigations into the administration were the norm. Uh, in just 14 days, we'll hit the midterm elections. That'll determine the fate of Congress and who's in uh, in power. If, as the polls seem to be leaning, we get divided government again, whether that's just the House or the House and the Senate flipping, uh, there is more likely to be more scrutiny over the Biden administration. And that's an interesting thing to look at as to why that matters and why that is such a good thing. Molly Reynolds, a senior fellow in governance studies at Brookings uh, Institution, joins us now. She's got a great piece on House oversight in the executive branch. Molly, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, This is a great piece, and uh, I I just want you to dive right in. What did the 116th and the 117th Congresses uh, spend their time on, particularly when it comes to oversight? Sure. So maybe to start with, I'll actually zoom even a little bit further back in history than just the last two Congresses and observe, as you did in the intro, that uh, historically, when particularly the House of Representatives is controlled by a different party than the presidency, we do see more aggressive oversight of um, the executive branch. This is a trend going all the way back to um, sort of through the post-war, post-World War II period. And so um, the data for the last two Congresses, for the 116th Congress, where there were Democrats in control of the House and uh, President Trump was in the White House, uh, and then the current Congress with Democrats controlling the House and a Democratic President, Biden, in the White House, uh, that's consistent with um, what we've seen over the sweep of history. So we um, we have seen, um, in general, uh, most House committees do um, less oversight of the Biden administration um, than they did of the Trump administration. That's not to say they're not still investigating um, things the executive branch is doing um, under President Biden or really investigating other important things that are going on in the country. You know, they can committees can uh, divide their attention between executive branch activities, activities outside the government, that sort of thing. Um, But we do see in um, the current Congress, 
the 117th that there that many House committees have been doing um, less oversight of the executive branch. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and obviously that uh, is such an interesting thing in terms of those swings back and forth. It also uh, points to those committees and why they're important and why we should have some attention in terms of uh, who's on those committees and then what kind of oversight they're doing. And regardless of the political party, uh, having that oversight is a big part of Congress's job. Absolutely. Um, Investigating um, what the executive branch is up to is one of uh, Congress's uh, constitutional responsibilities. Um, and, you know, you mentioned congressional committees and in the current legislative environment where a lot of the legislative decision making is really made um, by party leaders in the two chambers. So the Speaker of the House, the minority leader in the House, the majority and minority leaders in the Senate, they've centralized a lot of that power over time. And so committees are, you know, doing perhaps less legislating, but still doing a lot of oversight. And so when there is a change in party control, especially in the House, we can see kind of the oversight priorities be really sensitive to that um, to that change in party control, really focus on different kinds of issues um, when one party is in control versus the other. Yeah, and I love the fact that you pointed out this idea that we're, we're suddenly in that I don't understand uh, how members of Congress and members of the Senate uh, can – put themselves sort of in the back seat uh, to the party leaders. Uh, I think it's the four-person perfect law firm of Pelosi, McCarthy, <laughs> McConnell, and Schumer uh, who tend to go behind closed doors and, and uh, make deals in terms of legislation. Uh, but really, that should be the work of those committees. And, and if each member, both sides of the aisle in the House, and each member, both sides of the aisle in the Senate, asserted their actual rights and roles as a member – uh, it would be a little different in terms of what those committees do and what kind of legislation we get. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a sort of long and complicated story of how we've gotten to this point in terms of <laughs> centralized um, uh, party um, party leadership control. Um, I think it's a combination of the polarization of the parties. So the idea that um, now the Democrats and Republicans are much farther apart than they used to be. There's a real incentive for members to kind of delegate that um, that power to their party leaders. Um, there are also situations where individual committees, you know, can't quite come to agreement on what they'd like to see, um, and they'd like to sort of make someone else do the work. So they kind of shift the burden up the hierarchy to um, to their leadership. But you're absolutely right that um, in uh, in the current Congress where party leaders do have a lot of power, it really does um, shape what rank and file members spend their time on. And I think it shapes um, what kinds of people think running for Congress um, is a is a good gig. Um, it really affects the kinds of individuals who, who want to join the institution. Um, yeah. Folks know going in that they may not uh, uh, be likely to have much legislative influence. So I think that can really shape the, the kinds of people who um, who are attracted to running for office in the first place. Yeah, oh, that's, that's such a great point. And I want to hit one last thing just real quick. Uh, and that is uh, we also see not only have 
uh, power been abdicated up to kind of the party leaders. You've also seen Congress abdicating its authority over to the executive branch, uh, and the executive branch is all too happy to to take that again, regardless of which party's in the in the White House. Uh, and then, of course, they use it with executive orders or rules or administrative pieces, which then somebody files a lawsuit. We end up in court, and that actually gives Congress something to have oversight of. <laughs> is this just a vicious circle we're we're cycling it's, through? It's, um, I think uh, I think a vicious circle is a good way to describe it. Um, you're absolutely right that um, Congress both has, in some cases, willingly given up some of its power to the executive branch. In other cases, the executive branch has clawed it away from Congress, um, and Congress has not uh, tried very hard to get it back. Um, But it does, um, it both leaves Congress with more things to oversee, but also puts them in a weaker position when they try to do so. And increasingly, Congress has come to rely on the courts as um, a backstop for their oversight authority, which we know, um, especially from having watched the last um, six or so years, is that if the executive branch doesn't want to cooperate with a congressional oversight effort uh, and Congress has to turn to the courts, it can take a really long time to try to uh, adjudicate that dispute. Um, uh, a long enough time that ultimately, you know, the part the who controls the White House may change um, and we, we end up in a, in a different environment. Uh, wonderful insight, as always. Molly Reynolds, Senior Fellow in Governance Studies at Brookings Institute uh, and uh, Institution, excuse me, and uh, so powerful as always. This is a discussion we'll continue to have because we got to get this right. And uh, I think divided government can be a good thing. Uh, and I think Congress needs to do their job and the executive branch should do their job. And then the courts can just do their job and not everybody else's job. Uh, but Molly, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, again, Molly Reynolds uh, from uh, Brookings Institution and uh, such an important thing. So this is going to be interesting. Will the country once again vote for divided government? It seems that the country likes that kind of oversight, that check and balance to whatever the uh, agenda is of the occupant of the White House. Having that oversight can be a very good thing. Uh, and as we were discussing with Molly, uh, if we can really get each of the branches to just do their job, not abdicate and not overreach, just do your job. And if we do that, we'll get better governance. Stick around. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.